Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Amen. Okay, so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to do this thing. Um, This is the conclusion of our um, series, the People series. I pray that y'all will be blessed by it. Have y'all been blessed by it? Amen. Alrighty. So let's go to the Lord in prayer again. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I pray you think through my mind, speak through my lips. Holy Spirit, you and I are dynamic duo. And I ask you to help me. I thank you that the anointing makes things easier. So I rely on you, the greater one that's inside of me. Thank you for the grace that is upon me to minister your word, Father. Thank you for the anointing upon me to minister, Father. You you have anointed me for these, your people. And I give your name, glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to talk about the becoming. And um, I do have a question for you. Who are you becoming? So you should take, I have lots and lots and lots and lots of notes. And um, you should um, take these notes or just trust that the recordings are going to be okay. (laughs) So you can go back and listen to it. Um, Who are you becoming? You are becoming something and someone. Um, The word become, it it can be used as a verb, a noun, an adjective. Become means to come to be or to develop or grow into. To come to be and develop or grow into. And so I'm thinking about, I haven't read the book, but um, First Lady um, Obama actually wrote a book called Becoming. Uh, um, and and I, I think that she she kind of, I, I forgot about that the book was out, I mean, just until this morning. I said, oh, she's just trying to like, <laughs> copy off of me. <laughs> she knew she saw these notes years ago. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, become means to come to be or to develop or grow into. And I'm going to say something that may be controversial, which uh, one member used to say that I, I'm, I'm a controversial pastor. <laughs> I don't think, think that that's the case. So one of the best ways we can love people is to become more like Christ. I, I never saw that before until recently. One of the best ways that you and I can become, love people is to become more like Christ. The Holy Spirit will conform us into the image and the likeness of Christ. You might ask, I thought I was already in the image of God. How many had that thought? Did anybody have that thought when I made that comment? Okay, let me let me make the comment again. The Holy Spirit will conform you into the image and likeness of Christ. So somebody might be asking, I thought I was already in the image of God. You are right, but not completely right. Because of sin, we are not walking out the image that we were made and created to be. Sin has marred us. And therefore, we're not exactly like him. The promise and the hope that we have, according to 1 John 
chapter three, that when he comes, we're going to be just like him. We're going to be just, that's, that's the promise. That's the blessed hope. We're going to be just like him. In the twinkling of an eye, God, the Holy Spirit will conform us into the image of Jesus and we'll be like him. We, we are like him in the sense that we are image bearers, but because of sin, sin has destroyed that image. And we ourselves have a, a, a twisted, perverted image of ourselves outside of Christ. When we got born again, the Holy Spirit immediately started working on us, making us like Jesus. Last week, I talked about the week before I talked about the Holy Spirit, how he works overtime. We don't, I don't believe he's necessarily working overtime, but in the sense that I want you to see that he's working overtime to call us to to the faith. And once he gets us into the faith, that calling into being in the faith, he begins to work on us to become like Jesus. He, he, God does not give us his spirit for his spirit to go round with us in the sense of just um, being a hitchhiker. The spirit of God is not inside of you just to walk and, and, and um, kind of like um, just 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 ride along with you through life. I believe that most believers that I know, and I always clarify that because I don't know every believer, but the believers I know, the Holy Spirit is not doing much in their lives. He, he's allowed very little to do much in their lives. And, and so I want to I want to make you aware that he is ready to do more in you than you're ready for him to do it. And you got to position yourself for him to do it. You got to work with him. He is the perfect gentleman. He will not force you to do anything. Contrary to popular belief that if God wants something to get done, he'll just do it. Well, we, well, if that's the case, then why pray, Lord, let your will be done. Um, so God does not just do whatever he wants to do, but he has set up the system to work with us. If it was up to the Lord, everybody would be saved right now. And so when we got born again, the Holy Spirit immediately started working on making us like Christ. The first step of becoming like Christ is to get born again. And so Christ is the epitome of what a human should be like. Where Adam messed up, the last Adam said, this is how you do it. Man, Jesus is both our savior and example. He's both our savior and example. The Holy Spirit <coughs> has been sent to make us into the image of Jesus. So Jesus is the standard. I'm reading a book by um, Dr. Eric Thomas, who is a pastor, a custom pastor at that. And he, he actually um, has the book called You Owe You, you know, and it's a book about, it's a self-help book, all right? So it, it's, it's a book that helps us to compete against ourselves. But I think that there is an even higher standard than ourselves, than our potential, which is to be like Christ. The word of God has been given to us so that we can understand and know God. It has been given to us so the Holy Spirit can make our minds into the mind of Christ. There is a mind of Christ that is available to every believer. And some of our minds, not all of our minds have been marred by sin. And, and we, we have these thoughts. Our thoughts are from our parents. And, you know, just think about all the making, all the things that has made you up to this point. 
It's just not one person. It's not just your parents, but it's the shows that you've watched. It's the music that you've listened to, the friends that you hung around, the habits that you have developed. All these things have made you to what you are today. And one day when I was a transporter, I used to be a transporter at a hospital called St. Francis in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And as I was transporting patients, I, I spent a lot of time talking to patients and praying in tongues, and which kind of prepped me for ministry as a pastor. Uh, prior to that, I probably did not like hospitals or being around sick people, but it made me comfortable in the sense of, you know, I can, I can see anything. So I saw a lot of stuff. So <clears throat> one day I just got a revelation. And when I use the word revelation, I'm not talking about something deep or I know people used it, use it in a way that is unscriptural. Some people. When I talk about revelation, I'm talking about a, a, not just illumination, but just an understanding, a divine insight. And I began to work with some of the nurses and the doctors and the nurse aides and different people. And I realized something. I mean, it's just, I, I believe it's a revelation that people, adults are, are big children. And the habits they had as a child, it's just strengthened over time. And that's it. I was like, oh, and so, you know, I was like, oh, I can, I can minister to adults, these little adults. They just kids because they gossip, they fight. And even in the hospital, it was a lot of chaos. And I mean, it's just it was just amazing. And then children are little people. Little people, big, big children. <laughs> and that's how that's that's what some people have become. And so. The word of God has been given to give us our minds, make our minds into the mind of Christ. When you neglect your Bible reading, you're neglecting the mind of Christ. A little less time in the word will keep you away from thinking like Christ. The Bible has been given not so that we can have uh, uh, this, this spiritual piety, you know, pious, oh, I love the Lord, but it's actually been given to us so that we can think his thoughts after him. It is up to us to study the scriptures. It is to our benefit. Reading the Bible does nothing for God, but everything for us. Amen. Praising God does nothing for God in the sense, you know, yes, he is. He can inhabit our praises, but it helps us to be more aware of God. Amen. Praying in tongues helps us to be more aware of him and releases his power in our lives. Um, confessing the word helps us to believe for the impossible. So it's not that God is sitting back like, oh, man, they really pleased me today. No, your faith in, the, in God pleases him. And how that faith plays out is up to us. And so the mind of God, the mind of Christ is available to us. You cannot have the mind of Christ without changing the way that you think. We think wrongly. The Bible boldly says every man, every woman thinks that they're right in their own eyes. And I know that I think that I'm right because my last name is right. My great, great uncles, the Wright brothers, <laughs> uh, who they were, they, they were sons of a, a Methodist minister. And I, I think that I'm right because I, I, I feel like I have a right to airplanes just because somewhere along the lines, I think that they related to me. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ancestry.com doesn't reveal those things. <laughs> um, the word of God has been given to us again to help us to know and understand God. Our minds are to be renewed by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes Romans 12, verse 2 and 3, I used to think that it was only relating to the word of God, the Bible. 
But I realize the Holy Spirit has to help us to renew our minds. It's not just the word itself. It's the Holy Spirit in the word. And God uses the Holy God uses the word. The Holy Spirit uses the word to conform our way of thinking. So if there's no word in us, there's nothing for him to conform us to. There's nothing for him to bring to our remembrance. So some of us, I'm going to tell you, there is great trouble ahead of us. But if you don't have the word, you won't be prepared. You prophesying doom and gloom. No, no. Just being in the world. You're going to have tribulation. So there's some trials coming ahead. But if you don't put that time in that word and the Holy Spirit will prompt you to get in that word more. So for you can be ready for the trial that's ahead. You're going to need that every minute of that word. And every time, every second of your time in the word is preparation for what is to come. Get in the word. <laughs> it's not just so that you can go around, put it on social media. I'm in the word. It means nothing. Or quoting scriptures to impress anybody. I, I don't, I'm not impressed with anybody quoting scriptures. I'm impressed by how you live. <laughs> how do you live? Are you living this word out? Have you become what the word says you, you call to do? And so I want to submit to you. Get make yourself sit down and be have undisturbed time in the word. So don't just seek his presence. Seek his word because his word will sustain you when, and help you to understand who he is. It's not enough to have his presence. You got to have some knowledge. You got to have some in intimate understanding of his word, some revelation of his word, some illumination of his word. It's not enough for his presence. Praise and worship has never saved anybody, but his word has saved people all the time. I know that that's not popular. I know there, there's little um, it's like little um, groups of people and they get caught up in praise and worship. And, and I'm not you know, I'm a praiser. I'm a worshiper and I love praise and worship music. And, and they get caught up and they dim the lights and oh, I worship you. Oh, just the presence, the presence. But you got to have the word because the word saves people. And the word will save you <laughs> and me. Jeremiah chapter 18. Let's go there real quick. I, I, I've said it often, but I, I, I do believe it is worth repeating. We have a, a time of people worshiping worship and praise and praise. They love what it produces. Saul was a king and he loved the praises of David because it soothed them in a time of torment. But yet he did not obey God when it was time for him to obey him. So it's not enough to be, I, I know what praise and worship will produce, but you got to have some word in you. And I understand the importance of prayer. You got to have the word of God in you because I've seen people pray, 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 pray and pray. And they get flaky and they come up with flaky ideologies and they thinking that they understand who the Holy Spirit is. I'm not moved by the fact that somebody prays long hours or fast. So what? There are people who are not born again and fast 40 hours, 40 days. And it's been proven that it will help you spiritually. I mean, physically, it will reset your body. But you got to know why you're fasting. You got to know why you're praying. You got to keep the word of God before you. Don't be moved by somebody who's always hearing from God. What are you doing with what you've heard? The devil hears from God often. <laughs> and he trembled. 
Jeremiah 18, verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his will. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed, ple- as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house, o house of Israel. Can I not do with you as this potter has done, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. We see here that the Lord is ministering to Jeremiah concerning his people and says, you know what? I want you to go down to the potter's house and I want you to see this. This is how it should be. You should be, my people should be in in my hands and I should be able to mold them into what I want them to be. We are the potter and he is the clay. And it's nice to say those things, but when he started making you into what he, he wants you to be, it's not always comfortable. It's not always comfortable. He will cause you to become what he's called you to be. Um, Psalm 37 verse 4, as you go over to Philippians 1, Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That word delight, it simply means to be like putty in the hands of the master. God wants us to be like putty. He wants to put inside of us some desires that we not, have not even thought about. And, 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 and it goes on, he says, he'll give you the desires of your heart. He only gives you the desires that he places there in your heart. And so we must become like putty, like clay in the hands of the master. Some Christians are not like that. They're hardened and and they're giving the Holy Spirit a hard time making them into what he wants them to be. You cannot look at television or social media all the time and even uh, intake bad things all the time because you're making it harder for him to mold you into what he wants you to be. We have to work with God. Philippians 1 verse 6. This is a great promise, and I believe that it, we're talking about the becoming. Uh, What are we becoming? What what are you becoming? What what is God doing in your life? As you go over there, I I want to read the scripture. I just got prompted to to read the scripture. Proverbs chapter 4 says this. um, And I I don't know where it's at, but I'm going to, okay. Uh, all right, let me just quote it. I, I'm not sure if it's Proverbs 4. My, my, my mind is in King, King James right now. So this scripture says, the path of the just shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. As we grow in God each and every single day, we should be coming more and more like him. So have your, has your path been brighter? You should have more joy than you had when you first got saved. And unfortunately, some Christians have less joy, less peace. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. We, we, we should have, if we get, as you get closer to God, you, you're going to experience peace like you never had it before. Mm-hmm. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. God started a work in us. When we got born again, 
God begin to do the work. Let him do the work in you. Let him do the work. You got to work with him. I think sometimes people think that the work is automatic. But I'm saying on this side of heaven, God is trying to do. We're under construction and we're becoming something. But some Christians will never become what God called them to become. It's a sad day to stand before the Lord and, and we haven't been faithful with what he's called us to do. He is faithful. I'm sure that he that began a good work in you will complete it, will bring it to completion. Glory to God. Um, chapter two, verse 12, through 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed us, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Everybody say work out. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The scripture tells us we are to do something where salvation, salvation is not passive. It's not passive. You, you have to make some spirit-filled, spirit-led, faith-filled efforts. It, salvation isn't passive. It just doesn't happen to us. It happens in us. And we're not to work for our salvation. We're to work out our salvation. He's already saved us. We got to work it out. Amen. And so salvation is, is, is engaging with the living God. It's as, you, as, as if we're engaging with him. And as we engage with him, we are becoming. How many know that we become what we behold the most? Whatever you behold the most is that's what you're becoming. So what, what are you beholding? What are you listening to? Who has your ears? Who has your mind? Whoever has your mind, whoever has your ears, whoever has your eyes has your life. We're not, the Bible is clear that we're not to take the, the, the counsel of the ungodly, someone, but we're to take our cues from the word of God. That's good news. So here we see that we're to work out our salvation. Verse 13, for it is God. <clears throat> who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. But you got to work with him. You got to work with him. As you work out your salvation, it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So anything that is in your heart to do that is from the, it is God who is at work within you. And it is really a display of grace. Go with me to Genesis 32. Genesis 32. Genesis 32, and let's look at verse 22. The same night he arose, talking about Jacob, and he took, two, two, he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children, crossed the ford of the Jabbok, and he took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. What a wrestling match, right? And the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob. So he touched him, touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. 
Then he said, your name should no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. He said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. And so Jacob called the name of the place Penel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. We see from the word of God for this encounter that Jacob had with God. Jacob became who God wanted him to be. He was called what? Deceiver. He was, you know, as you see the story, he was very deceptive. Um, and he had an encounter with God and everything changed. What changed? His name? Changed his name. Maybe you were called liar. That was your name. Now it's truth teller. We were X something, right? Jacob's life, not only his name was changed, but his walk. He'll never be the same. He had a, what, he, his socket, right? His joint, his hip. He wrestled. Encounter with God. His name got changed and his walk got changed. That's where salvation really shows up. It's, you know, your name, now your name can become good and blessed. Now your walk can become good, different. I mean, if you're not walking right, you really haven't got salvation. You might have said a prayer, but you didn't get salvation. It's, it's much more than just saying a prayer and believing a, a statement of faith, but it's, it's having an imprint of God's presence. His outlook changed. His worship changed. And his life changed. Are you desperate enough to become who God wants you to become? Letting things go. Letting your version of yourself go and become his will. There's a book um, by John Maxwell called Put Your Dream to Test. He says, do you really, really, is that a really a dream from, from God? There's some dreams that we have gotten from other people. Perhaps it was a, a parent who had that dream of us. Or perhaps it was our own, you know, I, I remember been having a dream. I wanted to become the first black president until my father told me that the first black president would be the Antichrist. <laughs> so that dream went out the window. True story. And I was like, man, man, why are you going to rob me of my dream? I wanted to be the first black president. And he says, if you become that, you will be the Antichrist. I don't believe President Obama was an antichrist at all. <laughs> but, but I just, I'm just, but I just kind of like, it just kind of like, he, that hope, I mean, I had a hope. I always said I was going to be the first black president, so it just messed me up. Um, some dreams, your dream, you need to test your dreams. Because not everything that you dream is of the Lord. And so I don't tell people to follow their dreams, follow the God-given dream. Amen? There, it's great to have dreams. But, but we got to test every dream and see if it's from the Lord. So are you desperate enough to let your, your dream go? Ephesians 2.10. Uh, I'm almost finished. Ephesians 2.10. This is a familiar scripture that I, I have often quoted. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus 
for good works. Notice we are his workmanship. That's who we are. That's who we should become even more so. I believe that we can become proficient in the thing that God made us to be. It says created in Christ Jesus. It's not just talking about creation being in our existence, but when we got born again, he created something new, something that never existed before. We're not reformed sinners. We're not, some, we're not made over again. I do believe that Christians should stop singing songs, make me over again. If you're born again, you've been made into something brand new. You don't need to be made over again. You need your mind renewed. Right. You know, God has already done second Corinthians five seventeen. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a brand new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. We've been made into something that never existed before. A brand new species. And so in the book of Ephesians, we've seen that how God is making not only made us brand new, but he's making a brand new humanity in Christ. Both Jew and Gentiles, they who was close and those who were far off are made or draw near by the blood of Jesus. And he's making us into a brand new humanity for a new city, a new world that's never existed before. He makes all things new. Amen. That's good news. So he has created us in Christ Jesus. For good works, which God pre or prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has some good works for you. But until you become his workmanship, even though he has declared us his workmanship, he's declared that we're brand new creations in Christ. Some Christians are not doing that work that he preordained them to do. And as we become who God made us to be. Then. We will do those good works. Glory to God. Christians make the world a better place when they become a doer of the word. <laughs> that, you know, there, there's some good things people do and they're not born again. There's some good, um, you know, they, activists and different things that are change, changing laws and stuff like that. Those are some good things. But they're dead works. We can't produce any good works unless we're in Christ. We've been delivered from dead works. Hebrews says that. And so the becoming is what you're becoming every day. Are you becoming a doer of the word? Prayer is a means that we that we encounter God and he changes us. Prayer doesn't only change things, but it changes us. Are you with me? Prayer changes us. Everybody say prayer changes us. The word of God is a means in which he changes us into the image of Christ. And so. Praying in tongues for a lot of hours. May not change your circumstances. But it, it releases the Holy Spirit to anoint your mind to understand the word. So I've, I've been at a church and you've heard me talk about it, where we prayed a lot in tongues, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> and and I noticed the fruit of some of the, the people that I was around. It, it was nothing to be desired. So what was the praying? What was the praying doing? So you can't just you can't just pray. You got to do something. You got to be something. 
Prayer changes things and even us. But if you don't act upon it, with a position of, see, sometimes people use prayer as an excuse to not do anything. Sometimes people use, I'm in the word, and then they're not acting upon what they're reading. I don't know about you, but I want to be a bona fide Christian. Um, there's this old hymn, I want to be like, I want to be a Christian. And I used to hate it because I'm like, I got saved. I'm, I'm a Christian. But what they're saying is, I want to be like Christ-like. I want to be Christ-like. The becoming isn't about reinventing yourself. <laughs> I know that's pretty big, right? To reinvent yourself. A better version of yourself. I, I, don't, I mean, I, I think I understand what they're saying, but I think it goes deeper than that. I'm talking about permanent change. I'm talking about not just a willpower. I'm talking about something that God is making you into every single day. The more I pray and the more I'm in the word and the more I act upon what I'm hearing and I walk in the light that I have, that's when I'm becoming. The more I behold who he is, the more I become. If, I, if I'm praying, doing all this praying, and I'm meditating the word, and I, I, I'm, I'm speaking the word of God, and I'm not nice to my spouse, I have failed. If I'm not nice to my, my loved ones, I, if, I, if I don't forgive, I have failed in becoming. I, I don't use prayer as an excuse. I, 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 was, I had to be like 20 21, 22, and we're praying and, and everybody was praying for a greater anointing and they wanted to be world changers. And, and, and they're like, why are you praying? And I said, I just want to know him. Because if I know him, I can change the world. Amen. Amen. They that know their God should do great exploits. And there's people who have prayed and, and, and ended up in adultery. So what happened? So prayer, is not a, prayer will not get you out of adultery. Running will. Come on. You can pray till you're blue in the face, but you got to run. You got to do something. <laughs> I mean, sometimes people, they, they just get a twist. Oh, I know the word. But what word? What, what's the word that you apply? The greatest testimony in my life is for my wife to say, oh, he's a man of God. He does what he says. <laughs> Glory to God. He not only pastors people, but he pastors me. My kids can say, oh, he's, a, he's the real deal. <laughs> oh, we, we, I've never seen him do that. He's always talked about his wife. He's always holy. And when he sees a pretty girl, he talks about his wife. That's a true story. I told him one time I was working at Budweiser and I was the pastor of Budweiser and this young lady, she's Muslim. It's pretty, real, 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 real pretty. I mean, just gorgeous. And, um, <laughs> and, 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 I was, and I was like looking, she was following me on Instagram and I was following her. And one day, okay, let me tell you a story. One day, um, she needed, she wanted the Lord to do her something. She said, I need you to pray to Jesus. And she grabbed my hand. I said, Jesus, I love my wife. I love my wife. And she's like, come on, Dwayne, pray. Oh, I love my wife. I said, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Of course, I told my wife. I said, why is she holding my hand? And I'm looking around like they're going to think we're in a relationship. Okay. So I'm looking at her thing. She had went on vacation and he, she had a bathing suit, like, you know, really like revealing. And I, and I said, oh, I can't. And I told my wife. I told my wife, I said, I can't look at, I can't follow her anymore. And she said, why? She said, I said, she's pretty. She said, let me see. Yeah, she's pretty. You can't follow her anymore. <laughs> but guess what? I told my wife. And I always brought up my wife. So it's not even an issue. And so there was one girl, she wanted to be with me. She was married. She knew I was married. She was a seven-day Adventist. And, um, and so she was like, 
So she asked our mutual friend, she said, do you think Dwayne would sleep with me? And she said, and this is a Muslim girl, she said, oh, no, no, no. He loves Jesus too much, and he loves his wife, and plus his wife will burn this Budweiser down. <laughs> and she did it just like that. Never met Courtney, but just because of the stories. And so that's a testimony. I'm going to protect my witness. Glory to God. So it's not about reinventing myself, but it's walking out the word. It's walking out who God intended me to be. People need to see real Christians. Let's go with Matthew 5 as I bring this to a close. We, we, the becoming. What are you becoming? Are you, are you becoming faithful? Are you becoming a person of faith? Either you're growing in faith or growing in doubt. Either you're growing in love or you're growing out of love. Come on. Either you're growing as a giver or you're growing as a receiver. Uh, are you, are you, what are you becoming? What is God doing in you? Have, have you allowed the spirit of God to do what he's called to do as, a, as in the role? As a, as a, what role does he have in your life? There's a lot of Christians who shama when there's a high praise, but don't shama throughout the week. I'm talking about those shamas throughout the week actually releases more power than a shama in a high praise. If you're a shama a little bit longer, it'll give the word some, some opportunities to grab hold of you and that word become a reality. I, my shama, it's, it's, it releases my understanding of the word. And as I understand, I act upon it and I become a real faith person. Matthew 5, verse 2, it says, and he opened his mouth. This is considered the Beatitudes. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those that mourn, and they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Are you meek today? Blessed are you becoming more meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Are you becoming more hungry for God and, 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 and thirsty for him? There's some Christians who lost their hunger. Never lose your hunger for God, no matter how old you get. Get even more hungry for God. Says, you know, I just can't get enough of him. Oh, the blessed promise that if I draw close, he'll draw close to me. I got to have more of God if it means that I skip a meal, if it means that I don't watch certain shows, if it means I cut off these Christians who not living anything. No, that's like Christians, not believers, unbelievers. I'm called to the unbelievers, but to the unsanctified Christian who don't want to listen and don't want to look at my life as an example. I need to cut them off. The Christians who are divisive and always causing division in the house of God. I need to cut them off. Glory to God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Are you, are you becoming more hungry for God? Are you, are you thirsty for righteousness that I have to live right? Oh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Are you growing in your mercy? Are you more mercy? Are you more? Do you show mercy more than you did when you first got saved? I know I do. I, I used to be a time where I, it was just like, oh, they ain't living right. Oh, just cut them off. But the, the, the more I grow closer to God, the more merciful I am. Because I don't know how it feels to be in their shoes. I'm very careful about what I put my mouth on, that I don't, you know, cut off a brother and sister who's struggling, who want to do right. But there's more mercy because mercy tri triumphs over judgment. Yeah. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. <clears throat> are you becoming more pure? <laughs> it seems like some Christians are becoming less pure. Right. 
I mean, the closer you get to him, the more you'll be like him. More pure. There's, there's some cussing Christians, cussing pastors. And I'm like, Lord, my mouth should be better. Like even Isaiah chapter six, it says when he saw, when Isaiah, Isaiah King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. First thing the, the angel did is cleanse his mouth. Got to cleanse your mouth. Change the way that you talk. Blessed are the pure in heart for they should. I want to see God in my life, every area of my life. Am I pure in my motives? Am I pure in my ways? Am I pure in my mind? Come on. Uh, it's, it's one thing to be pure in your life, but what about your, your thinking? Are you pure in your thinking? Do you think right about people? Come on. Glory to God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called what? Sons of God. I, I, I want to be a peacemaker. Going around distributing peace to everybody. That I want when I show up, peace comes upon the scene because I'm a peacemaker. That I bring peace and not drama. I, I look for ways to re reconcile people and, and I want to be a bridge to peace. Glory to God. The world needs to see bona fide Christians. They're looking for Christians. Is there anybody who live what they believe? Is there anybody who, who, who loves Jesus to the extent that Jesus has seen in their lives? That, that, that you become the Bible that we study every day. That we are the written epistles of the word of God. They may not ever read the Bible, they're reading our lives. So here's some things as I come to some conclusion. The world needs to see bona fide Christians. The first is Christ living in us. Christ living in us. Um, Dr. Charles Stanley, who just went home to be with the Lord, and I learned this as a teenager from one of his sermons about allowing Jesus to live his life through us. And that was the first sermon I heard from Dr. Charles Stanley. And it changed my life. I began to build my whole entire life on that sermon as a teenager on a Sunday night looking at on BET. <laughs> Dr. Charles Stanley was up preaching and he quoted Galatians 2.20. He says this, that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I who live, but it's the Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. It is Christ living his life in us. Are you becoming? What are you becoming? The Christ who lives in me is Christ living his life in our lives. Christ living in us. Christ living in us. Christ moving in us. Christ extending his grace through us. Christ, we are what the body of Christ. And so we should be living in a way that people see Christ. They may never see Christ physically, but they can see his body. That, that's, that, that's the type of people that the world is seeking after. Christ living in us. Christ living in us. Well, how do you allow Christ to live in us? Well, first, you, you, you love people. You, you're, you're nice to people. I mean, you know, niceness will go a long way. You're kind towards people. You're, you're, you're willing to hear people. And, 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 and the becoming is it's about becoming who God made us to be so that we can love people. I want to love people. 
I want to love people. I want to be there for people. Number two, Holy Spirit filled. The word of God, the word of God tells us that we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. The world needs to see Holy Spirit filled people. They, they see demon filled people all the time. But they don't see Holy Spirit filled people enough. There's not enough people filled with the Holy Spirit. There are more people who are filled with the unholy spirit, an unholy spirit, than they are people who are filled with the spirit. So it is it's up to us to, to be filled with the spirit. We need to be filled every day. Every single day, Lord, fill me with your spirit. There's one initial baptism, but many refillings. So let's become spirit filled. Are you filled with the spirit? The next one, greater, the greater one rising up within us. First John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So it's, Christ, it's the greater one. Is he rising up inside of us? Letting Christ, God, rise up inside of me today. Oh, anoint my mind. Anoint my ways, God. Oh, God, rise up inside of me today. Oh, be big in my heart and my life. Oh, God, I want you to be big in me. Oh, that's a wonderful prayer. That's a Holy Ghost filled prayer. Be big in me. I, I, don't want, I don't want sin to be big. I want you to be big in me. Greater is he that is in me. And it, it goes on. It, it, we talk about um, Christ in us. Uh, Colossians 1.27. This is my last scripture. Colossians 1.27 says this. Glory to God. The becoming. What are we becoming? What are we every day? What are you becoming? Are you exchanging your, your worries for his peace? Are you becoming more peaceful? Are you becoming more of a person of love? Are you more compassionate than you've been before? Are you less judgmental? What are we becoming? It's very sobering. Are you becoming more thankful? The Bible says in the last days, people will become unthankful. Unholy. Colossians 1.27 says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ, everyone said Christ in me, the hope of glory. One definition of this is Christ in you, the living reality of the presence of God. Christ in you, the living reality that God, they can see that we are Christians by our love. All right, let me give you some, some, some other ones as we end. We're the light, the world needs to see that we are the light of the world. We're the light of the world. We, we, we failed as Christians during the election. We failed because they didn't see the light. They just saw a bunch of religious people over their preferences. And I'm not telling you, we're, we, I, as, a, as your pastor, I should never tell you who to vote for. It is none of my business to tell you who you should vote for. But I can give you the information and tell you to follow the, what God placed on the inside of you. We, nowhere in the Bible where it just talks about what we tell people who to vote for. We failed as the light of the world. But God, God is raising up, a, he has a remnant that he's raising up to be the light of the world. Even as Jesus is the light of the world, we should reflect that light in our lives. That men and women, let's go over there. I told I lied to you. Matthew chapter five, go back to Matthew five. 
Matthew chapter 5. I'm telling you, we, we are called to be the light of the world. There's a lot of people in darkness. They don't, just don't know which way to go. Um, five, and let's look at verse um, 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light, let your light shine before others so that they may see your what? Good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. We're to be the light of the world. Let's produce some good works so that men and women can see our good works and glorify God, our father. I'm telling you, we need to produce some good works and God's going to judge us based on the good works. We're going to be rewarded based on whether or not we produce some good works. And so here we're to be the light of the world. And then the next one is the salt of the earth. Verse 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, trampled under people's feet. So let us not lose our salt. We're the salt of the earth. And you know, too much salt will make you thirsty, right? Salt preserves things. So are we preserving things with our lives? Are we making people, are we, we got so much salt that, that it makes people thirsty, asking them, asking of us the hope that's inside of us. The last one I'm going to mention right now is to be, the world needs to see true witnesses of the resurrected Christ. Acts 1.8 says, and you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. I want to be a witness. I want to, I want to live a life that shines. A life that blows, that it shows forth the, the, the glory of God. I want a life that is anointed. It's one thing to be anointed behind the pulpit. It's another thing to have an anointed life. That my life is a threat to the enemy. That my legacy is a threat to the enemy. That even as um, Jessica mentioned, that even as Paul, I mean, P Timothy's grandmother and mother left a legacy that it changed a generation. And I'm telling you, we can change a generation. You may not never be known, but your life is such a way that it shakes hell. Oh, God, that, it, that Christ is living in your life in such a way that it shakes the gates of hell. Glory to God. I'm telling you, let's rise up and become who God called us to become. Becoming a witness, becoming an example, becoming a laborer. The Bible boldly says there, the laborers are few. There's not enough laborers. There's not enough laborers, very few laborers. There are more people willing to get saved than there are people telling them to get saved. Very few laborers. As I was walking down the street of Perth Airborne just a few minutes ago, I was praying, Lord, I thank you for the harvest that's in this city that's designed for us. I thank you, Father, for the harvest. We are anointed for our harvest. So help us to walk in this harvest. There are people willing to hear what we got to say to receive what we got to say. Amen. So become a laborer. You should ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, make me a laborer. While you're working your job, make me a laborer. As you're raising your kids, make me a laborer. Let me labor. Laboring is not easy. It takes patience. Become a witness, become a laborer, become faithful, become anointed, become a giver, become a lover of God and people, become holy, become a, a mouthpiece for God. Become a woman or a man of God. Become chosen. 
You know what? The, th- the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God, it says um, many are called, but few are chosen. I'm here to tell you that you can be part of the chosen one. You can choose to be chosen. And how do you choose to be chosen? Glad you asked. You choose to be chosen by choosing Jesus, by choosing the chosen one. So when you choose the chosen one, you become chosen. Glory to God. Become a fighter. Fight. Kill sin in your life. Enforce sin's defeat. And every stronghold, it doesn't matter what your mama and daddy did to you or not. <laughs> Destroy the things that have been holding you back. Become fruitful in the hands of the almighty God. Let fruit come forth out of your life. Become a partner of God. Become a difference maker. Become a leader and a disciplined follower of Christ. Become a visionary of God's things. Become a dreamer for the glory of God. Become an agent of change. Everywhere I go, I bring change. Become a doer of the word of God. Become a thinker. Some Christians don't think. But let's think. And then, uh, I'll leave you this. Uh, become healed. Become whole. Yeah, I know that that happened. But become whole today. Become whole. Become delivered today. Like, I know those things happen, but don't let those things define you. I know what they are saying about you, but destroy their opinions. Get free from the opinions of people. Become prosperous. Become humble. Become gracious. Become a vessel of honor. You know I always got to have a how-to. How to become. I'm going to list some things here. Give yourself to the following things. Give yourself to prayer. Pray in English or native, your native song and pray in the spirit. Not one, you need both. <laughs> Let me emphasize, you need both. There are a lot of people who pray, all they do is pray with their understanding and never tap into the spirit. And there's people who all they do is pray in the spirit. But the heaven or earth is praying both. Praying in the spirit and praying with your understanding. Become proficient with the spirit leading you in with your understanding, as well as praying in the spirit. I said this years ago, and and, and Greg, one time he asked me, so how is that possible? It is possible for you to pray in tongues in the flesh. Let's learn how to pray in the spirit. More can be done in one moment or minutes of praying with the help of the Holy Spirit in the Spirit, then you can a long time of praying in the Spirit, and there's no prevail. Give yourself to the Word. Become Word people. You got to give yourself. And I'm not talking about the, qual- the quantity, but the quality. Five minutes of quality of time in the Word is much more, is better than five hours of the Word. So give yourself, and I'm not saying that, don't use the five minutes like, hey, pastor said five minutes. <laughs> but you understand that. You understand that, right? So, so, so quality of time with the words. Sometimes like, oh, yeah, the pastor, yeah, Lord, whatever you want to speak to me today. Jesus wept. Praise God. Hallelujah to God. Oh, God, I thank you for weeping. <laughs> So what, well, how much time should you, should, you, should you give yourself to the word? Well, how much time you have? No, because the devil makes sure you never have time. So you can't do that. You got you to be purposeful in your time. 
So how much time should you spend in the word until, you, until the hunger is filled? And it may not always be like, you may not, God knows that you, you can't spend eight hours, but maybe it might be 30 minutes. How much time should you give yourself to prayer? Until you're filled, until you're satisfied, until the bread of heaven has come. Pray until he comes. Meditate on the word and get, fill yourself with the word until you're full. Sometimes the hunger that you may feel naturally is really a spiritual hunger. All right, that's another story. All right, give yourself to the word, to the word, to prayer, to the word, to the will of God. There are not enough people who, who want the will of God. Say, so, you know, I want his will. Get hungry for his will. Give yourself, Lord, whatever your will is, I pray. Give you an example of this. We, we, were, we want to do a big crusade in, in September, August of, in Uganda. And as I was thinking, giving myself to prayer and the will of God, I said, God, I don't have to go to Uganda again. I'm just satisfied with wherever you have me. And the Lord said, you know, I, I got the vision of scaling it back. This, that big one is $200,000. So Lord, you know, and then I was talking to somebody. He was like, oh, God, to give you, you know, God, you, you know, if you have a desire, then you have the faith for it. Not necessarily. So I was like, do I really have the faith for 200000 Mm, right now, you know what? We need to scale it back. So I talked about that. But guess what? You got to be willing to, to do the will of God, even if it's, it goes against your plans. So I scaled it back. I said, you know what? We're going to do something smaller. Because right now, that's not, that's not where I'm at. So you got to give yourself to the will. You got to be willing to walk away from the dreams that you have. Sometimes it is God's will, but it's not now. God's timing is just as important as the what of God's will. So if it's not now, it's okay. If it's not the will of God for you to move right now, it's fine. You got to be satisfied in the will of God. If it's not the will of God for you to go back to school right now, it's fine. Amen. Give yourself to the church. That's not popular, but you got to say, you know what? I'm going to give myself because I believe the church is what, who Jesus died for. Specifically, yes, he died for the world, but especially for believers. So I'm going to give myself to the church of God. Whatever the church needs me to do, whether it's an usher, a sound, I'm going to get involved because it says that people in, in the house of God, they begin to flourish. Amen. You become in the house of God. It takes, it takes, it takes a, a church to raise a Christian. Oh, you cannot be a Christian by yourself. It takes a church involvement and accountability and love and, and, and working through differences. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I don't like the songs. I don't like the way. Oh, it's okay. God is using all of it to make you to something great. Um, you got to give yourself to diligence. You got to be dil diligence. They that diligently seek him. Diligence. You got to give yourself to holiness. That even if your arm, not literally, let me clarify it, because I don't want nobody to come back next week with no arm. But even if it, it causes you to sin, cut it off. That's what Jesus said. That doesn't mean that you go and cut off your arm. We're not teaching that. Like, ah, oh, what happened? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, let me clarify. I got to clarify that. Because <laughs> you'd be surprised <laughs> what somebody will do. Oh, what's up? <laughs> hey, Lord. It's like sister said, Lord, I know the Lord protect, will protect me, and you run out in front of a car. 
we <laughs> if, if we don't have somewhere to go, you'll probably be like that for the rest of your life. It's one thing to do it not on purpose. Uh, Rick Renner, great teacher of the Word of God, he, um, he was staying at somebody's house, and uh, the dog, the, the people were away, and um, they gave him keys, access, say, hey, you know, there's some keys, you, you know, you can have, and you can go in and, and whenever you're in town. So he was in town, him and his wife taking advantage of that because they were speaking somewhere. The dog didn't recognize him. So the dog was barking. They forgot to tell him about the dog. The dog came and bit his finger off. Can you imagine that? Like, are you doing the will of God? You think it's saving some money? <laughs> Standing at people's houses. And it, the dog bit his finger off. So he went to the doctor, the ER and all that stuff. And, and, and they were able to get the, the other piece of the finger from the dog. <laughs> so he goes, so Rick Renner goes he gets, you know, gets home late because, you know, they had to do, you know, it's a little thing. And uh, he goes, he goes to sleep. Next morning, brand new finger. Amazing. Now, that don't mean that you go out <laughs> and get bit by a dog and then you, you probably won't get another finger. <laughs> I mean, just, <laughs> you got to use your brain, right? It's not like he intentionally did that, right? Some Christians don't like, oh God, I believe in the miraculous. And then they put themselves in harm's way. I mean, when I first learned our faith, I was in junior high school, I was learning faith. We were living in Trenton and um, uh, off of Kyler Avenue. And so we, I'm, I'm there and we, my dad just got finished Hebrews 11 and 12. And I, he's teaching that. And I was like, I, I have faith. I have faith. So I go outside with no coat on. I said, I'm not cold. I'm not cold. <laughs> and my dad said, that's foolishness. <laughs> Yo, you're going to be cold. Like, I believe the Lord's going to warm me up. <laughs> okay. Um, give yourself to reaching people. Give yourself to reaching people. And my last one that, well, let me give you last two. Give yourself to wisdom. Give yourself to wisdom. If you're going to be, become who God called you to be, give yourself to wisdom. And last is give yourself to the purpose of God on your life or the purposes of God. Whatever God has purpose had in on his mind when he created you, you're going to give yourself to purpose, to destiny, to the call of God on your life, whatever it may be. The call of God is not always ministry in the sense behind the pulpit, but the call of God may be in, 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 in many ways manifested. And so if Jesus, the entrepreneur is inside of you, that call is on, Jesus, the entrepreneur will show himself strong in that area. Jesus, the actor, Jesus, the professor, Jesus, come on. Jesus, the husband or the wife, Jesus, the, the, the parent, whatever he's called you to be, that's what he'll be in you. So the more you pray in the spirit, the more you pray and understand, the more the Holy Spirit will conform you into the Jesus with that calling, that anointing on your life to be like. Amen. Will you become for the sake of the people? The world needs people who become who God created them to be. You will love more people correctly by becoming. When you become, when you don't become what God called you to be, the potential that he has inside of you, you are robbing the body of Christ in the world of what God has placed inside of you. Uh, the saddest place in the world is cemetery. There's, unsung, uns, there's songs that are not written. There, there's sermons that have never been preached and inventions that went down with them. What's inside of you?
with the potential. Thank God for what you've accomplished, but there's so much more. There's so much more. What is inside? What did God place inside of you? You're much more than your job. You're much more than your past and your successes and your failures. What has God placed inside of you? And how do you release these things? Stand up and become. Be yourself in Christ. Who he made you to be. Who he calls you to be. The world is waiting for the real you. My last statement. There are a lot of imitators. There's a lot of copies. Will you be original? You are original. You're too good to be a copy. <laughs> You're too good to be a copy. Oh, God. Even in being like Christ, you are still original. Oh, God, he, he, he uses your personality. I, that's why I stopped praying, Lord, none of me but all of you. No, 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 no. The Lord said, it is part of you. I use your mind, your intellect, your, your, your limited vocabulary. Uh, I, 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 I use your back in the day when you were studying blah, 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 and couldn't pronounce words. I use all of that. You are original. You are original. There's nobody else like you. Look at your fingerprints. There's nobody else like you. That's why they can trace you down based on your fingerprints. <laughs> you are so unique. You go ahead and burn them if you want to. <laughs> you know, back in the day, we learned about that. <laughs> and I tried to do it. I was like, get the you know, cigarette lighter. Like, oh, I'm going to burn this. Nobody can know my finger. This is stupid. <laughs> I burned a little bit and I was done. <laughs> Become the original person that God calls you to be. He starts... What we practice? Yeah. He starts at the end and declares it from the beginning. You do, not all, you do not start out being what God called you to be when you get saved. It's a seed, and that seed grows and grows. You're not going to, you should become closer each and every year. You should become more and more like he's what he's called you to be. Unfortunately, some Christians are, it seems like they become more worldly. They, 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 their thinking is still the same. They have not grown in their understanding. They still don't understand the gospel. They still don't understand the implications of what God has done. And I'm telling you, let's become everything that God's called us to be. The only person you should be following after in the sense of um, of becoming is, is Christ. Christ is the standard. Not just a better version of yourself, not a reinvention. And I do understand that. I'm not, there's some things you definitely can learn. So I'm not telling you, because I'm, I'm like, I used to be against self-help, but I love self-help now. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, yes. Um, but I always read in light of Christ. I redeem that information. So I want to challenge you today to become all that God's called you to be. Every single day, work on being like Christ. The prayer and the word and, and, and you know, okay, Lord, you know, I, I used to have, a, believe it or not, I had a bad attitude. I mean, I used to have a horrible attitude, like at a drop of a, like, 
disappear. I would just go off in, in this demonic um, um, anger would rise up inside of me. And, 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 and I just felt like I could beat up like a million people. Just had a lot of anger on the inside of me. Guess what? The Lord delivered me from that. Y'all know the, the PD that I become, but I was very angry. I used to fight. I used to fight every day. Can you believe that? I cussed our principals. I cussed our principals. I cussed our teachers. All kinds of stuff. Come on up. Come on down. So, all right, go turn it down. Yeah. You get born again. Come scoot, scoot over. <laughs> you become, get born again. You're young, right? You develop. But you don't start out there. You start like this, or even further, baby. And you grow. You become. So you're going to change. The person you're married to now will change a year to five, 10, 20, 30. We're becoming. Thank y'all. That's all I need. <laughs> Why y'all got to go back to children's church? <laughs> um, that's it. That's all I have. Becoming. Amen. The more you become, the more you can love people. When you do what you call to do, you are actually loving people. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.